0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. A friend sent me a funny cartoon the other day. It's from the comic strip called Rhymes with Orange. Uh, Comics are probably the thing I miss most about a hard copy newspaper every single day. I can't go straight to the comics as a relief from the, the events of the world. Nevertheless, you can find them online when you need them. This particular cartoon showed two bears on a picnic blanket having a perfect summer picnic. Uh, Both bears had teacups to their lips, and there was a teapot between them. And one bear says to the other, What delicious tea! And the other bear explains, Why, yes, it's hibiscus with honey infused with garbage and compost scraps. If you were seated at an outdoor table last week in this city, you probably got a whiff of garbage and compost along with whatever you might have been enjoying at the table. Something about summer in the city, especially this city, wakes up all the senses, doesn't it? Certainly, the the sense of smell is alive and well, but also the tastes and the sounds and the sights and the feelings, everything is, is a little more alive during the summertime. As advanced as humankind seems to be in some ways, we really are people of our senses, aren't we? If you think about it, when we're cooking, we still go by smell and sight to really know if something is being cooked. When we plant something in the ground or in a pot, we look for shoots and sprouts to know whether something is in fact growing. When someone promises to undertake a certain task or project, we, we wait and we watch and we listen to see if the thing will actually happen. We gather evidence through our senses all the time. But when it comes to our relationship with God, when it comes to the life of faith, we're called to live beyond our senses. Um, Yes, God works through all of the senses, sure enough. But we're also called to live beyond that with an apprehension, with an awareness of something else. A little like a parent teaching a child to walk for the first time. I imagine God sort of pulling us towards God, hoping, praying, doing all that God can to help us get to that point where, in the words of St. Paul, we can walk by faith. And not only by sight. In our first reading that we heard from the Old Testament, the prophet Ezekiel is talked about. Ezekiel is one of these strange, strange, ancient prophets who seems half crazy and all faithful. Again and again, God asks Ezekiel to do strange things. And in this reading, the one we heard a little while ago, God warns Ezekiel that he's going to go and speak of God's word to people who simply won't listen. They might try to see, but their eyes will fail them. They they will try to hear, but their ears won't work properly. But God says to Ezekiel, if you're true to yourself... If you stay true to being that person I've called you to be, it doesn't matter that no one gets you. It doesn't matter that they won't understand. So don't be afraid, God says to Ezekiel and to us. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Keep on praying. Keep on moving forward in faith. Beyond everything that looks and smells and seems to be going wrong, Jesus has a similar problem in today's scripture. Jesus has come back to his hometown, and it's there that people reject his message. They seem to remember him. They know his stepbrothers and stepsisters, and they say, nothing is coming out of this guy. They're blinded by what they think they see when they look at Jesus When they hear that Jesus is regarded as the Messiah, the Christ, of God in the flesh, it doesn't compute for them. It can't be charted out or explained or or rationalized or proven on paper. To perceive Jesus as the Christ, as God among us, then and now, means faith. It means living beyond the regular senses. In the early church, especially around the 4th century, um, people left the major cities of the ancient Near East in search of God, and often they went into desert places. They went there to to lessen certain senses so that other senses could be heightened. Mm, There's a tradition in some places of what is called the custody of the eyes. And it's where you don't look at everything. You sort of look in front of you, and that way your ears are sharpened and your other senses grow deeper. Many are familiar with a tradition of fasting, so that we give up one thing so that we can be open for other things. There's a tradition of silence, so that the inner voice of God's Holy Spirit can be heard. Christian ascetics took seriously and take seriously this kind of spiritual training of the senses, training itself being a kind of faith that something will come from it. It's no different whether we're training for yoga or training for a marathon. Uh, we, We trust in some sense that what we're doing, if we do it with intention and care, will take us to a better place. There are lots of ways of developing more deeply a sense of faith, but it all begins simple enough. It begins simply by asking God for help. Asking God, no matter how you might picture God, no matter whether you really believe in God, no matter whether you're struggling to find a different God than the one you were told about growing up that doesn't work for you anymore, a sort of caricature God that's other people's God, it doesn't matter which God you look for, but to ask God in some way, in some form, and somehow for help. That's the beginning of faith, the beginning of this development of a sense of faith. In the Christian tradition, we look to Jesus to, to show us how to do that, to show us a ways of doing that. And we imitate him, we follow him in that way, because he seems to point again and again and again to the very heart of God's love. And so we pattern our lives after that of Christ. We focus our requests for help through him, for direction, for strength, for clarity, for love. There's an old question of which really comes first, the chicken or the egg? It, it has an analogous question arising from today's scriptures. Which really comes first, faith or evidence of faith? What comes first, faith or mighty works that prove there's a faith. We're told Jesus could do no mighty work where there was no faith, and yet often faith seems to be tied to the healing and the miracles that he does. It's as though somehow the place of unbelief doesn't allow for much to grow, for much to happen. And so, if anything, the place is to begin with some sort of belief or the desire to believe Summer is a good time to practice this, to open ourselves in new ways to the sense of faith. Whether it's through a long walk or going to a quiet place or a particular retreat or even silence for a second or two in the midst of a crowd, may we take time this summer to practice training our senses so that we can include an openness to developing a deeper sense of faith. May the Holy Spirit develop within each of us the kind of faith that can lead us to a new level of loving trust that allows God to work wonders, that allows God to make miracles, that allows God to do mighty works. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.